Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. If you wouldn't mind, turn or click or whatever, whatever Bible you have, whether it be digital or paper or whatever it is, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 17. And I would encourage you to take notes, not because of what I'm saying is, is uh, I think it's anything that is great, but because we're going to pick out of God's word today um, a topic that I feel is, is so prevalent um, into this week. And I know it's kind of cliche, right? Like, okay, we're leading into Thanksgiving. The message title is thankful. I get it. Let me guess. Popsicle stick turkeys as an arts and crafts activity too, right? Like, I know it sounds cliche, but I promise you um, that that as we dig deep into God's word, that he's going to speak something uh, really heavy onto our hearts, really uh, prevalent onto our hearts around the area of being thankful and being grateful. Actually, what I love is that part of our values as a Sozo leadership team, one of our values is this, is we are grateful. We are grateful. And so today, that, that, that this message doesn't just hit home to the season, but it actually hits home to the heart of Sozo Church and who we are at our core. And so I'm so excited to share with you today. And so um, you can turn to Luke chapter 17, like I shared with you, the, the title of today's message is Thankful. Very simply, Thankful. And there's so much in this story that we're about to unpack. Um, and the story that we're going to be really focusing on is, is Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. The, the title of this story is this, Ten Healed of Leprosy. Ten Healed of Leprosy. So I'm going to read this for you out of the NLT. That's the version that I'm going to be studying and reading out of. Um, it'll also be on the screen where if you don't have a way to get a Bible, you can still read along with me. It says this, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The first thing I just want to pick out very briefly, I don't want to go off on too much of a rabbit trail, but you notice these 10 men, they're gathered because of their pain. Where I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not exempt from pain. I think us as a society, we, none of us are exempt from pain. We all experience pain, and pain is actually a, a massive driver of community. Because when you are in a community of people who are going through a similar life or situation that you are, you can empathize. I know how that feels. And so it's easy for us to, uh, to grow in community based off of our pain. And that's not a bad thing. But really, it's, it's what's your posture in your pain in that community. That's the most important part. And these men, they're gathered because of their pain. And their posture, you see them very plainly say, you know what, we don't want to stay in this place. We see this man, Jesus, who we've heard about. Let's ask him to have mercy on us. We've heard of the miracles he's done in the past. Let's, let's call and cry out to him, even from a distance, just to see what he does. And that's amazing. See, pain, like I said, none of us are exempt from pain. Um, but it's our posture and our pain that's so important. Um, not only that, what's, what's amazing is, and, and interesting is that in this time and in this story, you're going to find out that one of these men is a Samaritan, where in this day and age, um, uh, Jews and Samaritans, they were not 
uh, generally connecting, right? Because Jews felt that Samaritans, that they were unclean, that they had uh, things in their practices that were not right. And so we have people together, not only by pain, um, but also it's interesting to see them come together because their um, backgrounds and their religion and the way that they practice, that usually wasn't uh, aligned. But we have these men together that no matter their differences, no matter the separations, are brought together by pain. It's just interesting. And so they cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And in verse 14, he looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. As they went. I think it's interesting that Jesus doesn't even need to touch these dudes or have any physical interaction with them to heal them of their condition. That as they went, by the power of his word, that they were cleansed. But it's not just by the power of his word. It's also by their obedience. Jesus said, as they went, and I don't, if I were one of those guys, I'd be like, as, as we go, like, we, we, we go and do, he, he, said, he says, go and do this. And he, I, I'd be like, I've, I've heard of this guy. I don't know who this brother is. Like, I don't know his power. I've heard of him, but does this guy really have the power that by just telling us something that we can be healed? That would be me. I don't know about you. I, I would have a little bit of doubt. But these guys, they trust God, and they trust Jesus at his word. They turn around, and as they go and they are obedient to Jesus and his word, they are cleansed of their leprosy. So, so church, do we trust God at his word? Yes. That just by the word of Jesus that we are willing to step out and make a next step into what he calls us to, to the point where miracles can happen. Do we trust God at his word, because as they went, as they were obedient, that's when the healing happened. Here we have men who were cleansed by just the word of Jesus. Do we trust God at his word? We'll continue on verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, so that's the thing, too, is that as they went, it wasn't like they were already starting to be healed, and, and, and so they're like, okay, cool, we get this, we're going to be out here. No. They just trusted him at his word. So as he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where, where are the other nine? That, that number 10, it's important. We'll pick it up, we'll pick it up in a minute. But um, has no one else returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. What an amazing story. And, and really, as we take our time today, I want to pick things out. Because in English, at face value, when we just read this in English, we, you know, we, I think that we miss a lot as to what is actually happening here in this story. And English is kind of an interesting language where we miss a lot of things. I mean, the Bible has been translated so many times in different languages. We miss a lot of things in the original language um, when we just read it in English. And so today, 
I want to pick out a, a, a few things in these verses here that I hope speak to our hearts and give us a, a, a posture of gratitude, that we are thankful and we understand the power of our thankfulness as we walk out of this place. And, and, and I think the first thing I do want to pick out, though, is that number 10. We listened to a message a few weeks ago in our Blessed Life collection. Um, Pastor Robert Morris talked about the number 10. Typically, the number 10 being a biblical number, um, it's a number that represents uh, a test or testimony. And so here we have these 10 men. And you'll see, you see 10 throughout the Bible, the 10 commandments, the 10 plagues, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and here we have these 10 men, and only one turns around to give thanks to Jesus for who he is and what he has done. But if we look at the Greek and we look at this as a test, because 10 means testimony or test in the Bible, we see the power of a thankful spirit that the one has and the test that he passes because of that thankful spirit. If we look and we dig in the original Greek, we see how having a thankful heart can shift and advance everything. We start in verse 14. I'm going to read that again. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And they went. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. That word cleanse, I want to pick that out. That word cleanse in the original Greek is katharizo. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I put a little flair on it to make it sound like I am. <laughs> katharizo, you're like, oh yeah, okay, he got it, right? Like, you you got you about to trust whatever I'm about to say. You're like, okay, cool. He knows Greek. Okay, all right. But what that word in the um I'm a dingus, um, in the original Greek means to make clean or to cleanse from a physical stain or a physical thing. These ten men they were cleansed by his word in their obedience, which is great. They are cleansed. But look what happens here as we dive into the original Greek. And Jesus said to the one man who turned around and thanked them. In verse 19, and Jesus said to the one man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. In the original Greek, the word that Jesus uses is sozo. Which if you've been around here long enough, it means to save, to heal, to set free, and to make whole. In other words, thy faith, your faith has made you whole, not just clean, but whole. Do you see the difference there? Do, do, do we understand the difference between being clean and being whole? Ten got cleansed, but out of those ten, only one passed the test. Only one turned around and had a thankful heart. Only one experienced the full miracle of what Jesus was trying to do in their lives. All ten were clean by their obedience, but only one was made whole from a spirit of gratitude. I, 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 Jesus is saying, I'm not just about your physical needs. I want to do something spiritual inside of you. I want to turn your situation around. I don't just want to make you clean. I want to make you whole. Because what is the gain if you are physically well, but spiritually broken, right? What is the gain if you are spiritually well, but spiritually broken? Physically well, rather, but spiritually broken. Church, I don't know about you, but I don't want us to be a clean church. I want us to be a whole church. 
right? Uh, a church that is whole. Because at the core of us, at the core of Sozo, that name, it is to be set free, to be made whole. And I believe that if we have a spirit of gratitude, if we are thankful for who Jesus is and what he's doing in our lives, that we're not just going to have a clean church. Because clean, uh, you can get dirty again. If you're clean or you are cleansed, that's amazing. But you can go back to the same addictions you had, right? You can go back to the same lifestyle you were living, but if we are truly being made whole by the power of Jesus Christ, we don't only see us being cleansed, but being made whole, and we see amazing things happen in this city. I don't just want a clean church. I want a whole church by the power of Jesus Christ. You believe that? I believe that. And we get to that place by having a posture of gratitude by being thankful. We see it in this story. Ten got healed, but only one passed the test. That's a crazy statistic. A one out of ten. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible stat, right? That's what I'm just saying. That, that's rough. Only one passed the test. Could it be, Sozo Church, that every time that we are blessed by God, that he does something in our lives, It's a small test to see if we will turn around and thank him for it. If we will give him praise for the thing that he is doing in our lives. Could it be? I don't know. But I don't want to wait till the end of my life to find out. Right? Like, I want to start living out having a spirit of gratitude today. And so how do we do that practically? Right? Practically, how do we do this? Because though we think it is simple, it's actually kind of difficult. We get so distracted and off course by the world that we live in, by the technological world that we live in. And I I work in tech. I'm not saying that I'm anti-tech. I'm just saying as we have progressed as a society, it's also been distracting to us to actually be thankful for, for the things that are surrounding us. We get distracted and off course very easily. Because as simple as being thankful sounds, it actually is, is it can be difficult. It's easy to get frustrated. So what are some things practically today that we can do to pass the test, right? Like, as if this was all a test, well, how can we pass the test of being grateful? How do we do that practically? And I have a few things. I did that preacher thing where I have three points today. And it's like, all right, cool. Um, but all these things build off of each other. And I, I'm going to start with kind of some base level things. That, again, I am no expert. But this, as studying this week in these last few weeks in this message. These are three things that I feel that we can kind of take steps in. I I see these things as steps to seeing Jesus and his power work within our lives. And so how do we do this? How do we be thankful practically? The first thing we have to do is this, is you have to be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what you have. Our society it has a a pretty hard time with this. I feel that we're always on to the next thing. And I'm not saying be complacent. I'm I'm just saying, how, how do we become thankful at a baseline for the things that we have in our lives? There's this book written, and, um, what the author was doing is, is they were going through a time of, of, of stress and depression and things of that nature. 
And she started writing, she felt prompted to write down all the things that she was thankful for. Like in, in, the, in the natural realm, all the things that she was thankful for. And so it started off kind of high level. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my family, all those kind of things. But as she kept writing, she noticed that she got deeper and deeper into being thankful for the things that God had given her. She started writing down things as crazy as she was thankful for the mud on her husband's boots. You want to know why? Because she understood that the mud on his boots, that them as being farmers and people who took care of land, that mud on his boots meant that there was a way for him to provide for their family. Right? That the mud on his boots, it signified something greater than just mud on his boots. She became thankful for everything that she had. There was over 10,000 items by the end of her time writing that she was thankful for. And when asked about this, this book and these writings, what she said, what her commentary was, that as she became more thankful, as she wrote down the things that she was thankful for, it broke down all of the pride, all of the anxiety, all of the depression that she had before. It's amazing that by simply having a thankful heart, things like pride and anxiety and depression were broken down. Imagine if you and I just stopped for a moment and thanked Jesus. We thanked Jesus for the things that we had. And I'm not saying that depression is cured simply by that. I, I know that there are a lot of deeper things within depression and anxiety. So do not take what I say is, oh, if you're just thankful, your depression goes away. That's not what I'm saying. However, I have personally found, and I believe, that it's hard to be thankful and depressed at the same time. Right? It's hard to be grateful and depressed at the same time. And so I believe that as a church and as people, not just as a church, as people, if we were to be truly thankful for what we have, that depression and anxiety would break, think, would break down. That we would start to take inventory of our life. I ha I've been having this thought over the last few weeks is this. And I'm going to put it on the screen. And, and I, I, if you want to take a picture, take a picture. Because it was something that has it just shifted the way that I'm thinking about things. It's this thought right here. What if you woke up tomorrow with only what you were thankful for today? Oof. I'll say it again. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you were thankful for today. It starts putting a bit of a price tag, right? It starts putting things in perspective. It starts giving us a bit more of a perspective of the things that we have in our lives. What if you woke up tomorrow with only what, we, with what you were truly thankful for today? You got to be thankful for what you have. And you want to up-level this, take it to the next level? Don't just be thankful internally. Be outwardly thankful. Outwardly thankful for the things that you have. The Samaritan man, he didn't just say, thanks, Jesus. <laughs> internally. He didn't just keep to himself. He didn't just say, oh, well, I'm thankful in my heart. Ooh. Ooh. No, he turned around. He said, no, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He was outwardly thankful. Write that note. Send that text. 
give someone that call. I am so thankful for you. I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for who you are in my life. And watch what that does, not only to that person's spirit, but to yours, right? Be outwardly thankful. Don't just give Jesus an internal thanks, but be outwardly thankful for the things that you have. Which leads me to my, my second point. Is not only are you thankful for the things that you have, but be thankful for the things that you don't have yet. You don't have yet. And, 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 and hear me out. Be thankful for what you don't have yet. I say that word yet, not to ever instill a, a, a spirit of, uh, of complacency or like saying, I'm not, I just want to go to the next level. Because I feel like we already have that in our society. What I mean by that is, uh, uh, what I want to instill in you rather is a spirit of, uh, of expectancy, right? Being expectant for God and what he can do in our lives. I know it sounds silly, but I really want to drive having a spirit of expectancy and having a thankful heart. I think about it like this. I have my daughter, Lena, she's almost two. She'll be two in February. And we're getting to the age where she's starting to, one, she says more words than what we'd ever imagine. And, and she just repeats everything. And it makes you start to be a lot more careful about the things that you say around your house. Um, but not only that, um, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but Lena is a tank. Like, she eats more than Kayla and I do combined half days. Like, there are days I'm considering, like, to have night shifts or moonlight somewhere just to afford her eating habits. <laughs> and to try to reason with a two-year-old and say, babe, you got to stop. Like, that doesn't happen, right? Like, she eats a ridiculous amount. But she doesn't just eat. She is starting to figure out where the things that she eats live. And that is a dangerous place. Because she will do this thing, and it's the most adorable thing ever. But it, it's starting to take a toll on our finances. Where she will go to the place, or the pantry, or the kitchen, or the drawer, or wherever it is that she has the snack that she wants. And she'll go to that place, and she'll grab the raisins, or grab the applesauce pouch, and she'll come over to me and bring me the pouch. And we're trying to teach her manners. Again, teaching a two-year-old manners, not always the easiest thing. But she'll come to me and she'll have this pouch in her hands because she can't open it yet, but she knows where it is. She can't access it yet, but she knows where it is. And she goes and she grabs it and she hands it to me and she says, thank you. <laughs> and I look at her like, thank you. I, I didn't even provide you with what you wanted yet. I didn't even provide you with what you needed yet. But she looks at me with the most beautiful blueberry eyes. And she says, thank you. And she has a heart of expectancy. And you better believe I am a softy. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. How, how many you got? You got three boxes? All right, three boxes of raisins. And even though I have yet to give her what she needs or what she wants, she comes to me with an expectant heart, with a thankful heart. And let me tell you this, when she does that, 
I am a thousand percent more likely to actually give her whatever it is that she's asking for. When she just screams, raise hands, I'm not going to give it. I'm not. But when she comes to me and says, thank you, you better, like, what do you need? Because I know that she's bringing to me a request of something that she wants, something that she needs. She doesn't really need it, but something that she desires. And I just, I'm so much more likely to give it to her. And, and, and I would submit this to you, that being made in the image of God, that as you and I are being made in the image of God, that God feels the same way. Right? That God feels the same way. That when we come to him with a thankful and expectant heart, that he is inspired to provide us with not just what we need, with not just what we're asking for, but based off the Bible that I read, with more than we could ever ask or imagine. Because that's who our God is. And if we come to him being thankful for what we don't even have yet, I can guarantee you that our God in heaven, he is more inspired to provide you with more than you could ever need or ask or imagine. Because that is the God that we serve. Amen? Come on. That is the God that we serve. That as we go to him and we say, thank you. I don't even have it yet, but thank you. Thank you for that positive test result. Thank you for the job before I even get the offer. Thank you for that girl that I've been scoping and hoping for for so long. Before I even have them. You want to know what I'm being thankful for for Sozo Church? I'm being thankful for a building. I am. I am. A permanent space. We have notes in our shower. They're called aqua notes. Thank you, Andy Walters, for our aqua notes. And we actually use them. And I write down the things that I'm thankful for, but have not gotten yet. And it's not that I don't love the space that we have. I thank God every day for what we have. I thank God day for, every day for having a school in the middle of a city that is the most post-Christian city in America that we get to come and worship him in Jesus' name and, just, and, and, and that God has provided this place for us. It's not that I am not grateful for what God has given us. But I know the amazing and vast ministry opportunities we would have if we had a permanent space. The house of healing that we would create where people could come in day in and day out and find hope and rest in Jesus' name. That's why I'm, that's why I'm thankful for it already. I'm thankful for what we don't even have yet and I would challenge you and hopefully inspire you to be the same way. That we would give thanks before the miracle. But the problem is, is that over the years that this expectant heart has turned into an entitled heart. <laughs> it's like I'm preaching to some cows up in here. <laughs> that was wild. That was amazing. If you ask Lena what a cow says, that's what she says. Um, but the <laughs> poise, poise, composure. Don't let him see you crack. Okay, okay. But what the problem is, is that the expectant heart has turned into an entitled heart, where we say things like, "I deserve that." We say things like, man, don't they see what I'm doing? We have 
this entitled heart, not an expectant heart. Let me just tell you, entitlement is ugly. Arrogance is ugly. May us never be a people that are entitled to anything, but know and believe and love an expectant God. May we never say that I deserve, that do you know who my daddy is? That do you know who I am? That do you know what I've done? May we never say that, but we, may we always realize that we don't deserve anything, but by his grace, that he could give us more than we would ever need. Let us believe that. Thankfulness. You want what thankfulness does? Yeah, thank you. You know what thankfulness does? It postures you in humility. That a humble heart is a thankful heart. So you got to be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for what you don't have yet. And the last point I have for you is this, is be thankful for who he is. Simply. So it's like a, a step ladder. Be thankful for what you have. Thankful you don't have yet. Be thankful for just simply who he is. Do you want to know how you would take your grateful heart to the next level? Is you become less concerned about stuff and things and you'll be just more laser light focused on who Jesus is and his character. Do you want to know what's so incredible about the story of the Samaritan? Is that he does not turn around as his skin is healing and, and he's saying, wow, I'm being healed. He does not turn around and he, say, he does not say, thank you, Jesus, for the circumstance. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for what I was hoping for. No, he turns around to him and in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting simply, praise God. Praise God. Before he was even ever to get the words out for being thankful for what he had had or what Jesus has done, he just said, just praise God. Praise God for your character. Praise God for your power. Praise God for your mercy. Praise God for that you love me so much that you did not leave me behind. That you gave me all that I needed, but not because of I'm good, but because of who you are. The first thing that the man gives praise for is Jesus and who he is, not for what he's done. How often do we do that? That we just say, Jesus, thank you for who you are. Because you want to know what happens? Is that our praise, it precedes miracles. That as we praise, that miracles happen. As we praise, things start to shift. As we praise, our circumstances change. As we praise Jesus for who he is and just, what, and, and just for his character, we start to see everything around us happen. And if we were to praise as a church and we were to give him thanks, then we would see San Francisco chains for the glory of God. Amen. That we would see San Francisco people all over the place not just be cleansed but made whole. And that's what we are believing for. In Psalm 104, as I close, it says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. How I see this, you, you, I think about a house. 
And you think about a gate in a court, right? A gate, and I don't know, if, just to, let me just be real. I don't know if this is accurate. I'm just, just but just track with me here. Because the, I'm an illustrative person. My, my brain works in pictures and things like that. I, I, I see a gate. And a gate usually blocks the house or blocks whatever it is from the street. It, it has some sort of, of, of opening mechanism. And a court, even after that gate, before the house, a court is, is the place that you would walk through before getting into the house. And again, I don't, I don't know if this is a thousand percent theologically sound. But in my own illustrative brain, this is how I see it. I believe that in order for us to access God and all that he has for us, I believe that personally, the prerequisite to getting into the house of God and to enjoy all of his splendor, all of his wonder in the house and the kingdom of God would be to enter our next step, would be to open the gate, would be to go through the courts, with just having a simply thankful and grateful heart. And not even for anything that he's done, but just for who he is. And I believe that as that happens, that we start to enter his gates, we start to enter his courts with a spirit of praise that miracles happen. That as we praise, as we give thanks, as we have a heart of gratitude, just like the, the Samaritan in this story, that miracles happen that not only are we cleansed, but we are truly made whole in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.